Jeff Andreas in for a vacationing Howie Reimer. Now, one of the big discussions recently around, particularly the Kamloops City Council table, has been social issues within our community. And I know the Urban Mayor's Caucus as well, the uh, caucus that is made up of the municipalities, the 13 largest municipalities in BC and the mayors representing those cities, they have been basically making a priority list for what they would like to see kind of be accomplished. And one of the top things on that priority list is improvements to mental health and addictions issues within their communities. To talk a little bit more about the problems and how we can help address them, please to welcome to the program now, BC's Minister for Mental Health and Addictions, Sheila Malcolmson. Minister, how are you this morning? I am really well, Jeff. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on the program here today. I really appreciate this. And the first thing I did want to ask about was uh, this new unique option for people seeking substance use treatment. It was announced yesterday in five communities in the B- in BC, in the Interior Health Region specifically, including here in Kamloops. The health authorities saying members of these new substance use treatment teams were hired and trained over the winter and are now ready to start seeing clients. So I was wondering, you know, this was announced by your office. What is sort of this unique new option that we're going to be seeing here in Kamloops? What makes it unique? You know, people living with mental health and addiction challenges need access to supports and services without barriers, and we're building up so many new supports. BC is really innovating, you know, compared to the rest of the country, but there are those barriers to access, and one of them is stigma, shame, you know, Mm -hmm. embarrassment about having an addiction problem. We're really trying to say to people, this is not a problem of crime or or fault. This is a a healthcare problem, just like diabetes or anything else. Um, But as well, there's people that have got um, complicated work hours or lack of transportation or um, childcare complications. And so this new team approach that we announced yesterday is is meant to, you know, at both um, you know, get treatment options and support to people that have just been having difficulty navigating to it in the past, whether it's about stigma or whether it's about um, having a complicated life. And team-based approaches make all the difference, and we're so grateful to everybody in Interior Health that stepped up and all the communities that welcomed it in. Yeah, and one of the issues that often gets brought up when I talk about these concerns is how difficult it can sometimes be to actually access services because you know there's a lot of priority placed on housing individuals particularly when we're talking about street impacted individuals right getting them inside keeping them warm keeping them alive that has to be priority one which i totally understand but oftentimes it feels like there can be a disconnect between you know keeping them housed and then actually getting them treatment that they need i guess is this going to help a little bit in that regard here as well are you at least predicting that it might have a bit more connectivity between the housing side of things towards the uh, actual treatment side of things as well yeah we've got a lot of optimism about this team-based approach it's the same kind of way that uh opening up urgent primary care centers all across BC. They also have mental health and addiction teams built into them. Um, So it's one other way that we can have, you know, sometimes it is, I mean, some people, I think, classically think that addiction or treatment support is about going to a supervised consumption site, um, you know, something that is just 100% about drug treatment. For Mm -hmm. some people, that works really well. For others, they want to go in and talk to their family doctor or the walk-in clinic about, um, you know, a sprained knee and also maybe I'm drinking 
too much alcohol because of the pandemic. Um, not to be embarrassed about that. Mm-hmm. And more seriously, if you've got an opioid addiction, um, we want people to be able to, um, to, to get the service in a way that works for them. And, you know, just even for, you know, Kamloops alone, you know, we've got an urgent primary care center there. We've got new addiction medicine at Royal Inland Hospital. Um, we've got uh, mental health and support um, clin- uh, clinicians available weekends and evenings. You know, we're trying to tackle this problem with a huge diversity of ways, and this new service announced yesterday is just one more. Yeah, well, I think diversity is much needed when we're talking about mental health and addictions issues because it often comes down to unique solutions for individuals, right? People who maybe, like you mentioned, one thing will work for one person, but it won't work for another, um, which does complicate things, right? Is having to have so many different types of services available in order to meet the needs of individuals can pose uh, a real difficult issue because there is no one-size-fits-all approach. With that being said, the Urban Mayor's Caucus, I know they've been uh, you know, calling for uh, improvements in this area and it's like I said a really general call it's tough to really pinpoint what exactly that means but they do want to see more work being done to address mental health and addictions issues and this of course the Urban Mayor's Caucus representing the 13 largest municipalities in BC have you had a chance to speak with that caucus and, and what have the tones of those conversations been like if you have had that opportunity yeah I've met with them a couple times now and I come from local government, so um, so you know a lot of them are, are friends and colleagues. And as well, last week I over two and a half days talked to regional district chairs and mayors in all five uh, health authority districts. We spent tons of time on the phone talking just about mental health and addiction. So I'm they're saying the same things that that the premier said to me when he gave me this job is, you know, we want you to work on a broader range of access to addiction treatment supports. We want you to expand access to safe supply as a way to separate people from the poisoned illicit um, uh, drug supply um, that's leading to such terrible increase in overdose deaths. Um, And want to make sure that we can get people access to the mental health and addiction supports that make supportive housing successful, you know, broaden that access, train up more mental health workers, get more people in the field. And one of the mayor's uh, big asks, complex care housing for the people for whom supportive housing is not enough. Maybe there are people living with acquired brain injury. Maybe there are people with more severe mental health problems that makes them not a good fit for, for living in uh, congregate living. That's in the mandate letter that the premier gave me. So what the urban mayors are asking for really lines up with the direction of our government and something that we're really happy to, to look at partnering with them on. One of the major criticisms of your ministry, of the mental health and addictions ministry here, is has always been a lack of funding. Um, you know, there's often, I know whenever I talk to the opposition about this, they always say, well, the premier's office has a bigger budget than the mental health and addictions ministry does. That said, um, our, our local council here in Kamloops, they have been asking for, and this is a recent call, so I understand if, you know, nothing's been set up at this point in time, but they did ask and request, um, I don't know if it's been formally done or not, but at their meeting, they wanted to see if they could set up a meeting with yourself, along with Housing Minister uh, David Eby and Health Minister Adrian Dix. How important is that collaboration to making sure that all areas of this 
particular concern? I mean, because when we're talking mental health and addictions, it's such a wide range of issues. So it's really difficult to just like pinpoint and focus on one specific aspect of it. So you need sort of all these partners to come to the table. What is your willingness to have that meeting with our local council? And what is the importance of having that collaborative approach with other ministries? Yeah, you know, us hearing from people directly on the ground is really important. And um, I don't think I've received that request directly myself. But um, but again, you know, I talked to every mayor <laughs> two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I, I really count on the both the partnership on service delivery, but also that reality check about what's happening on the ground. So, um, so and, and it's it's great when we see local government step up and saying say this is what we need. Uh, partnership absolutely key. Uh, we have in my ministry uh, over the five. We've got a five year budget of seven hundred and forty six million dollars. That's uh, no, that was zero under the BC Liberals, I have to say. They didn't have a ministry of, of mental health and addictions. Uh, but as well, $2.7 billion is spent out of the health ministry on mental health and addictions every year. And then there's all kinds of work that happens through the housing ministry around, um, you know, how we can best get affordable housing to people and supportive housing. So the partnership is key. Uh, it's something that um, that we talk about at every cabinet meeting, how, and, and the premier just keeps reminding us to, um, how important it is for us to work together. He's had our mandate letters kind of point to each other to say you have to work together on this. We've got a new cabinet committee that's chaired by Housing Minister David Eby, and I'm the vice chair on mental health addictions and homelessness, trying to um, make some of that system change that can get at the at the root of the problems. And um, and and we're we all feel the urgency of the situation. And uh, especially with a little bit more runway, not just in a minority government where we're working week to week, mm -hmm. we're really determined to bring in some of the systems change that transforms lives. It's unacceptable to have the rate of homelessness that has grown in British Columbia over the last 20 years. Um, the pandemic has made everything worse, mental health, overdose crisis, and homelessness, um, which means we just are working even harder to, to transform our system of, of service delivery and and make a real change in people's lives. Uh, here with the Minister of Mental Health and Addiction, Sheila Malcolmson. Now, I know we're kind of coming up on the clock here, but I do have two questions left here for you, if that's okay. Um, the head of the Kamloops RCMP was at our most recent Kamloops City Council meeting this week and talked about the idea of a safe supply of illicit drugs. And you mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the overdose crisis or sort of, you know, brushed over it very, very quickly about the concerns that have come with the pandemic and how that toxicity has gotten worse um, when it comes to the illicit drug supply on our streets. I just wondered your thoughts from uh, the idea of having sort of a, a safe supply. It's a pretty controversial issue, right, to talk about providing addicts with a safe supply of drugs, but it might save a lot of lives, and we're seeing, obviously, the overdose numbers continue to climb here in 2021. Um, you know, it didn't, uh, it didn't just slow down just because the calendar flipped to a new year. So uh, what do you think about that idea? And obviously a complex one to probably implement, but what do, you, do you think it would make a significant difference if we could have some of those types of services available? It does, um, and and it is. Uh, this is a program we've had in place uh, for um, a couple of years. Uh, we are separating people from that unpredictable, poisoned, illicit 
drug supply to stop overdose and to help people stabilize their lives. Uh, and so we we have this in place, but we are really working hard to expand it. Um, to have access to those safer pharmaceutical alternatives uh, to the toxic supply is really important, and people have to be prescribed um, mm-hmm. through their family doctor or nurse practitioner, um, and that's work that has and was already in place. So I'm really glad that you asked the question because I did see the comments from the RCMP uh, lead in Kamloops. I was like, oh, I want to let him know this is already available. Um, the uptake in the um, interior isn't really huge yet, but there still are, um, I think, over a thousand people that are um, prescribed safe supply already. And uh, since the pandemic began, uh, the increase has been nearly 400% across British Columbia of the people that are um, in have got a, a prescription alternative to the illicit drug supply. And that is saving lives, and we're doing the hard and complex work uh, to expand that. Um, and you're right, it hasn't been done yet in Canada. Um, it is groundbreaking, and um, it's, it's complicated work that we're very grateful to be working with the medical community to pursue and expand. Yeah, and just one quick follow-up to that then. Uh, you mentioned the need for a prescription in order to access those services. I wonder if that could be a barrier for a lot of people who are you know, suffering substance abuse concerns because they might not have things like a family doctor or nurse practitioner to see or, or readily available to get into. Um, you know, I've been in Kamloops for two years. I don't have a family doctor yet. I mean, is there a concern about the need for a prescription? I understand why that would be needed. But at the same point in time, if someone is you know, facing a life or death decision, you know, having a prescription might not be the easiest thing to come across. You know, the challenge of family doctors is is a problem in, you know, a hundred different areas, not just um, not just about overdose crisis. And so that's why we've been broadening the ways that people can access uh, health care. Um, you can go to an urgent primary care center. You can phone 811. Um, you can uh, work with a nurse practitioner. Um, and for medication-assisted treatment, which isn't the same as safe supply, but it is the choice that some people who have become addicted to drugs go down. Um, you are now able to work with uh, registered nurses in some um, in some communities. Uh, we've already got 30 registered nurses trained up who can um, who can prescribe, and this is groundbreaking in Canada again. Uh, can pres- can prescribe a prescription treatment for uh, opioid use disorder. So we really are broadening it, and um, and if someone does want to get connected with a prescription safe supply um, and they don't have access to a family doctor, I would recommend go and talk to folks at the urgent primary care center or phone 811 and they can um, help connect you with someone that is, um, is able to, to get you a, a safe prescription. This is, um, we are not going to move away from a, a prescribed model at this point. Um, because patient safety is so important, um, and the the kinds of drugs that we're working with are are really complex. So, so that's our model of safe supply is one that is uh, based on prescription and uh, and one that has patient safety at the forefront. Minister, I know I kept you a little long, but I think this is really important to have these conversations. So thank you so much for the time. I do hope you get a chance to meet with our local council here in the not-too-distant future with some of your other ministry partners, and we can continue to have this conversation, and we'll follow up then. But really appreciate you taking the time to come on this morning. 
Great to talk with you. Thanks so much for the interest, Jeff. Awesome stuff. There is BC's Minister of Mental Health and Addictions, Sheila Malcolmson.